comics. Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. This is the only podcast hosted by two brothers talking about a thing they love. And that thing, as I said, is comic books. I'm one of your hosts, slash one of the two brothers, slash kind of comedian, Kevin Hines. And I'm the other one of those, Will Hines. Yeah, Will, uh, we uh, got sort of thrown off. We did a Moon Knight episode. We've done some X-Men episodes, but we're back. We're going to start finishing up our coverage of Frank Miller's Born Again saga. This is his sort of return to Daredevil seven issue storyline that is often at least uh, uh, by many people, including us called like the best daredevil story of all time. Yep. And uh, we've covered the first three issues already. We're going to cover the next two issues, which is issues you just told me, but I forgot two, 230, 230 and 231, 230 and 231. The issue numbers are not in my collection, so I forget, but uh, basically chapters four and five of mm-hmm. the born again trade paperback. Yeah. And uh, Kevin, can you catch us up on where we're at in the story? I mean, I have no memory. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think Daredevil had sort of run for president. Oh, nope. That, that, that didn't happen. Uh, and he, no. he didn't win, but no, like I, he started like a business no, where yeah, he was like helping help uh, like birds travel so. from Canada to South America without going into America. Like he sort of would help smuggle them to past America. I don't know what you're thinking of, but this is not a Daredevil story. Oh, that's not Daredevil? No. That's how I, I remember know. Joker, Joker ran for president once. Are you thinking about Joker? Joker ran for president? I think so. I know Lex Luthor well, well, became president, but I don't know about Joker. Joker ran for president or mayor of Gotham of something. He had a political uh, campaign at one point. I mean, Kingpin is mayor in the current Daredevil comics. Oh, that's, that's crazy. I forgot yeah. about that. I, I, I feel like I shouldn't have voted for him, but. <laughs> you voted for a fictional character? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he won, so yeah, he's been terrible. I really should have seen reasons. that coming. Yeah, mostly because he's fictional. It's just things don't get done. Yeah, he doesn't exist. Uh, uh, yeah. So what's happened? Daredevil, uh, uh, Karen Page, who as you'd want for a strong female character, has become a heroin addict. Who ex porn star? Ex porn star. Recent ex porn star. Yeah. Uh, sells Matt Murdock's uh, secret identity. For a hit of heroin, mm-hmm. um, which eventually gets its ways into Kingpin's hands. Kingpin decides to uh, destroy Matt Murdock's life. Which he so does. That, so that Daredevil is also destroyed and that works. Uh, Daredevil goes insane. Uh, then goes to realizes it's Kingpin, so attacks Kingpin. Kingpin beats the crap out of him, puts him in a cab, drops him in the East River. Uh, and then Daredevil frees himself from that cab and, and uh, collapses uh, uh, somewhere. And then uh, a nun finds him. That's and now most he's, of it. That's it. Yeah. And, and when the story, when we pick up the story, he is just passed through a bad night. Uh, and he's trying to heal while in this kind of mission in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Ben Urich is investigating the Kingpin. Oh, right. And the star of the story, Ben Yurick. Mm-hmm. Part of Kingpin's frame against Daredevil was he got a very clean cop to testify against Matt Murdock, which ruined Matt Murdock's law career. Mm-hmm. And Ben Yurick caught wind of this and uh, was investigating it. And one of the Kingpin's heavies, a big nurse, 
uh, broke Ben Urich's finger and scared him off the fingers. Story. I think all the fingers in one hand. Uh, okay. Yeah. His fingers. And, um, and I'm glad it's more than just one finger because he got pretty scared and he got scared off of investigating the Kingpin. So there's also the Ben Urich thread going on. And then right. Foggy and, Nelson and- has started dating Matt's recent ex-girlfriend because Matt was basically ignoring her for several issues. And now yeah. Foggy's gotten together with her. So we have right. Karen Page on the run from Mexico to find Matt. Matt healing in a convent. Yeah. Ben Urich scared off of the Kingpin. Foggy's doing great. Karen Page is being hunted by Kingpin's men because they're trying to kill everyone who knows that Daredevil is Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. And also Karen Page is once again selling her body to a drug dealer to get drugs and also transport to New York City. And protection, right? He kind of like shoots yes. away the the people who are trying to kill her. I'm I'm sort of impressed by that drug dealer in a weird way. Like a lot of people are coming to kill her. And he stands by her. Yeah, it doesn't like just say, you know, take her. This is too dangerous. He might can be find the secret another hero drug of this addict. story. <laughs> what? He might be the secret hero of the story. I mean, if he didn't, you know, uh, trade sex and drug, uh, trade uh, protection for sex and drugs from Karen Page, she doesn't make it to New York. Yeah. Uh, uh, he takes some bullets for her in these stories, mm-hmm. these issues mm-hmm. we're about to read. It's an he's interesting take. He's kind of a good guy. <laughs> In a lot of ways, uh, but you know, not in the main ones. Anyway, uh, um, this story would be a fun be, take for us to for us fun hill for us to die yeah. on. Yeah, it's sort of a sad story when he dies. Uh, when he doesn't <laughs> die; he goes to jail, and Daredevil ends up with her, which you know, tragic like ending. Ba- yeah, she ends up with this devil figure. I mean, they are a pretty toxic couple, Karen Page and Matt Well, eventually she'll die, so it all works. Oh out. gosh. So um, that's where we left off. So, Kevin, issue 230, which is titled Born Again. Yes. This chapter is Born Again, and the whole whole saga we're going over is kind of known as the Born Again saga. So Ben Urich's on the cover. He's holding a little cast from his broken fingers, and there's a shadow of Daredevil over him, kind of represents the state of fear that he is in. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think of that cover? Love it. I mean, uh, Mazzuchelli draws good. Draws good. What do you think of on the cover? It's uh, do you have the covers in your edition? Yeah, I do. So the little, it doesn't the, have the logos or anything though. It's just the picture. Uh, mine should mine has the cover as it was, and it's uh, it was Marvel's twenty fifth anniversary this year. So you might remember that it was all like, yeah, all the issues around this time were branded with Marvel's twenty fifth anniversary, and they would show a logo of the hero sort of as like a little icon up by the price. You know, if it was Spider Man, there'd be like a a web head up there. Right. He shows the Maggie, the nun. He, there's a different person in every issue, right? In the corner box yeah. for this run. Yeah. Almost like there's trading cards for the born again. And Maggie, the nun is one of them. Mine is a different color than yours too. Mine's got like a purple. Yours is red. Mine's the original. This is definitely what it was when it was released. So, so mine is like the improved, better version. And most, people, the- most people say when you recolor something and, and change how it looks, that's better. Everyone's happy with that. I yeah, know. generally fans that's, love it. People love it. Yeah, they're like, so, give me some modern coloring. <laughs> put some uh, uh, computer uh, shades in the background. Make Greedo shoot first. Yeah, they say Greedo well, shouldn't have been on this cover, but he is shooting Ben Urich. Yep, it shows why he's scared. So um, uh, as we get into the issue, we have a sort of a flashback ish, yeah, uh, where Matt is sick and he's kind of having a dream 
memory of what's happened. And we go over that the kingpin's after him and that Turk dressed up as Santa Claus stabbed him. And he still sounds a little crazy because he was fully crazy last issue or two issues ago. Yeah. And now we can see that sanity is coming back. He's beginning to see things as they are. Right. It's it's interesting because still at this time, stuff was not collected uh, often or regularly or at all. Right. Uh, So there still is this need. We're like five issues in. You've got to recap what's going on where I wonder if he would do this if he knew this was going to be a seven issue collection and that's it. Yeah, that's true. Where a lot of modern comics have that literal, just like a table of contents ish page where they just summarize what's happened. Yeah, not, not even to, inside the, the the story itself. Like, do we need to explain how Matt Murdock got here? I love that. It, it, it reads so naturally to me, but I don't know if it's just because I've read comics for so long to have these sort of little mini recaps in the story. Um, well, it's interesting. But it is a thing that is largely gone. Frank Frank Miller does it very artfully here. Like, yeah, he, you know. I had an awful dream, thinks Matt. Everybody hated me. Everyone took everything away from me. And it shows uh, him holding his Daredevil costume from his point of view. No, the kingpin, he's the only one. The kingpin of crime, he found out my secret identity and it wasn't a dream. So that kind of summarizes what's happening. Right. So it is Matt having an awful dream, but it also summarizes things. And it tells us, the people who have been reading every issue, he's he's getting his sanity back. He's Because two issues ago, he was like, the government's after me. Foggy's in on it. Yeah. The cab drivers. The guys who are good at these recaps, uh, and Frank Miller is good. Uh, uh, and other, you know, other writers would do this really well too. Uh, Kirby Sayek sometimes would do it really well. It, they do it in a way that sort of both furthers the story, doesn't feel like it's slowing momentum down, but is sort of just both reminding you what's going on, but also informing you if you've never read it before. It's kind of serving a lot of purposes at once. It also does done in one page. It's pretty well done. He also only, he doesn't tell you everything, right? We don't hear about Ben Urich on this page. We don't yeah. hear about Karen Pitch because we'll, we'll hear about them when we get to them. Yes, we don't need to know about them yet. So it is, it is kind of an art, the, the recap at the beginning of the monthly issue. And man, I actually remember noticing that in Frank's Frank Miller's issues, even in his original Daredevil run, Every issue toward the beginning, he's got to say at some yeah. point, I'm Daredevil, I'm blind, and I have heightened senses. Yeah. It's every um, single issue. And he th- usually gets it in like in a sentence and a half, and it's like usually done with some style. It became sort of a, a hook in Mark Wade's flash run, though I believe it started with William Messner Loeb's. But uh, many issues would start with just, I'm Wally West, I'm the fastest man alive. Um, yeah. Because he would, you know, through captions, he sort of narrated a lot of these issues, and it just... There's something nice about just like this is the character boiled down to a couple things. Here's yeah. his name. Here's his power set. Yeah, that's all you need to know. like. We can assume everyone knows the Flash, but it's still nice to have it in there. And if you know it's coming, you get excited when you see it. It's like a sign yeah. that the story has begun. Yeah, it's something very fun in that story, like the how that those would always be, almost always be said. And then of course, if there's some weird. Um, storyline going on like he's powerless they could tweak it or whatever i'm wally west i used to be the fastest man alive yeah or whatever um anyway uh so we cut to the splash page yes uh this is the last of the matt murdoch in bed splash pages yes and he is laying on like a cot having the uh Maggie, the nun, clutching his hand, and and Matt Murdock is lying like Christ on the cross. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Christ imagery in the Born Again saga. 
lot of religious stuff and he's kind of presented like a Christ figure. And Maggie is, uh, he's born again, right? to heavens, he's, Praise God. He's alive. He's coming back to life from, uh, being dead. Yep. That's something that Jesus did almost as well as Matt Murdoch. Almost. I almost, when you talk about resurrecting and then saving your people, the first person I think of is Matt Murdoch. Yeah. Most people do. Um, so this is like some mission in hell's kitchen and Matt is healing. Yes. Um, then we turn the page and we cut to Karen Page, who's with aforementioned real hero of the story, Paolo, the drug dealer, <laughs> That's right. um, sex user, um, this... who is escorting Karen in a Jeep, uh, presumably from Mexico to America. Yeah, he's a hero. Uh, these this two pages are really fun because there's like each person, each section, each subplot basically gets half a page. Yeah. And it's focused on names. Like the first one is Karen Pace saying the name Matt oh, yeah. under her breath. And then we get a little catch up of the Kingpin and he keeps thinking about Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdoch. And then Franklin Nelson signs his name to a contract. So it's about Franklin Nelson's name. And then Ben Urich goes, I can't think of his name. Don't think of his name. Don't think about his name. Right. Cause he's being scared off the story. Yeah. It's yeah. so fun. Like that's just one of the, I don't know, like half dozen things that Frank Miller does in every issue that is just takes what could be, you know, this workman like exposition and just gives it some sparkle. I mean, gosh, yeah. was gosh, was he on his game at this time? Yeah, and this, I mean, this is why this comic holds up so incredibly well. It just feels I mean, who knows how much thought and care he put into this. Maybe this just flowed out of him at the time. It's really hard to say, but like it feels like something that went through multiple drafts and sort of like, oh, and then I can, you know, tweak these two pages into doing this. It just feels like a fifth draft move. Reading it at the time, and I often gloat about the thrill of getting to read this like as it came out. But like mm -hmm. compared to all the other comics issues that I was reading, this just sparkled so much. Like yeah. who who what other issues were having this much deft fun in the exposition? Like he he was he was uh, you know for all the things you might not like about Frank Miller's stories later or the drawbacks or the trade offs or whatever. He could just spin a yarn like nobody's business at this time. It is where the elite writers or writer artists really stepped up. Like Alan Moore stuff would always be like, like this too, right? Like it'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, there's mm -hmm. just more care put into these like little mini sequences than you think even needs to be there. The story's good enough without it. And it's just like, it's another level. Right. If this, was, if, this was, if this was so boring, if it was just like, meanwhile, in Central America, you know, uh, yeah. Then in the Kingpin's headquarters, as a comics reader, that would not have bumped me at all. I yeah, would you would not have been like, now the story is bad. Yeah, you just you just would have read it. You're used to absorbing sort of exposition, especially at the beginning of an issue. But yeah, since it's like not too often she whispers the name, and then Kingpin. Too often he thinks the name. Uh, Franklin signs his name without making any reference to it, and then although they are talking about Matt Murdock. Uh, how long has he been missing now, says Foggy to Glory, and Glory says 11 days and six hours, showing that they are also thinking nonstop about Matt Murdock. And then Karen, and then Ben Yurick, I don't even think of his name. Yeah. Man, so fun. Yeah, I don't even think of his name. It's the first and last thing in the Ben Yurick recap. Um, yeah, Kingpin knows Murdock is alive and is mad about it he's like beating up his karate sparring partners <laughs> I know the, the, um, the image of kingpin just like swatting away a bunch of karate people i mean it's you know portrayed to be this dramatic display of his strength and anger but 
pull out the camera a little bit and think about this image. This is, I guess, on the 20th floor of an office building where yeah. a bunch of what seems to be middle-aged men in karate geese go yeah. walking into some sort of corporate gym and then yeah. the crime boss of New York swats them away. Yeah, he hires people <laughs> just to beat the crap out of them. I hope they get paid well. Can you imagine these guys in the morning and they're talking to their wives? What do you got today, honey? Oh, I'm going to the Kingpin's office to be part of a swarm that's challenging him as part of a workout. He'll knock me unconscious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so that's, that's the Kingpin's life, man. He's got a good the, the drawing is so beautiful that you don't even think about the absurdity of it, right? It just looks like yeah. ooh, Kingpin is strong and angry. It is, this is, this book sort of very much cements what I think of as Kingpin. Like I do sort of think like he does this all the time. It's routine, 10 a.m. Swat yeah. away a bunch of guys in karate geese. Like he's always training himself to, to <laughs> for the muscles underneath his fat. Yeah. Yeah. The fat um, jokes are gone, right? In the, in the initial Kingpin appearances, there'd be lots of fat jokes from Spider-Man. I'd like to say they were gone. I'm sure they still occur in these comics. Uh, not, Daryl or Spider-Man. They're not in when Frank Miller does it. Uh, Dan Slott came out recently, but not that recently, um, sort of criticizing. He's like, when I read old Spider-Man comics and he makes like fat jokes or jokes about appearances of people, he's like, it feels like a bully move and I don't like it for Spider-Man. I think Dan's right. It doesn't feel- And then people point out times when Dan did it. And he's like, yeah, I know. I just like, when I read them now, I don't like it. He's like, uh, I don't know if Dan Slott did fat jokes, but he certainly did things that made fun of people's appearance. He he did things that could be characterized as bully moves from the point of view of Spider-Man. Yeah. And it just like in retrospect, he doesn't like it. And first of all, people hold Dan Slott to this crazy standard. He wrote 500 issues of Spider-Man. It's like, <laughs> you made that mistake once. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. I know some, somebody challenged his Spider-Man opinions once and Dan Slott responded, I have written more issues of Spider-Man than anyone on the planet Earth. And I was like, it's pretty good, pretty good credential to yeah, yeah. back up your right to have an opinion on Spider-Man. Uh, but he's right. Like it, I, I don't know if it bothered me as a kid, but I remember when I kind of burned through Ultimate Spider-Man, there's a sequence where Spider-Man makes a bunch of fat jokes to Kingpin in that. Uh, and this is sort of like, well, that must have been the uh, 2000s. Yeah. And, and I was like, ah, this, it feels wrong. It just yeah. it didn't feel funny. It didn't feel good. It doesn't affect the comic that much overall. Um, But uh, I like it when it's not there, when it's just sort of like, when the heroes, like if a villain does it, it's different, of course. But like, yeah. Um, um, it's like Dan said, it's a bully move. So if you want the character to be a bully, it's a, it could be a great bully move. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, Flash, uh, Thompson, Flash Thompson calls Peter Parker a panty waist, regardless of how that term is aged. We, it, it, it establishes his character. Well, that's right. Uh, anyway, page five. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, gonna, we're, we're back. We're going Heinz to our like old pace. pace. <laughs> uh, one thing about this issue that I really love, I'm going to slow it down even more, unfortunately. Good. I thought we were racing a little fast. Um, is like year one uh, and in uh, the more recent issues of Born Again, but not like the first couple issues. This like jumps storylines rapid fire. Yeah, it's like two really panels here, two panels there, threads, one panel yes. there. Yeah. Um, and it really, for me, as I was reading this issue last night, preparing for this podcast, it's like, ah, oh, it just ratchets up the tension. You like, it feels like everything is clicking by and you know, something's about to happen. <coughs> and it reminds me of a, a book series that I love wheel of time. There's okay. a character named Matt Cawthon or Coth. I don't know how it's pronounced, but something like that, uh, who in later books, it gets like 
some sort of like magical thing where he can feel dice rolling in his head. Okay. And, and he'll be doing something and all of a sudden he'll just feel like these dice start to roll in his head. And he's like, Oh man. And so throughout this chapter or two chapters, he just constantly refers to like the dice are still rolling. The dice are still rolling as all these sort of things are happening around him. And then when the dice stop rolling, you know, uh Oh, something's about to happen. Like something big, like that, that's a shift, a change. And it sort of built this sort of like interesting tension would just build up, even though like, you don't know what's coming. You just like, you know, something's coming. These dice are rolling. Mm-hmm. Something's coming. Something's coming. And when his dice would stop, you're like, Ooh, here it comes. Okay. That's what this issue makes me think of. It just feels like the dice are rolling. And at the end of the, uh, uh, at the, at a certain point in this issue, you're like, you know, boom, now we're moving. Yeah. Or maybe it's the end of these two issues, but at some point, like this rapid fire slows down a bit and you're like, Daredevil's back. Uh, definitely the beginning of the next issue for sure. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe sooner. So we now, page five, Murnock is healing and he does a little summary of himself. Kevin, you pointed out before we started recording that yeah. uh, Murdoch thinks something to himself, which almost seems to be the thesis of this series. Yeah, it certainly is what the book ends on. Which we won't get to until next episode, but so um, Matt, he's he's summarizing his powers again. That's something you had to do every issue in the old days. But Frank Miller seems to heighten this summary to to. I'll read it. Uh, when I was a whole, this is Murdoch thinking. When I was a whole lot younger, I was struck across the eyes and blinded by a piece of radioactive garbage. Don't ask me to explain why, but I can smell and hear and taste better than anybody. That's all there is to learn about Matt Murdoch. Yeah, uh, and that seems to be what Frank. Miller wants to accomplish with these stories, like just yeah. strip him down. He's taking away, you know, lawyer. He's taking away, you know, love interests and best friends and all this other stuff. And all it is is like he's a guy who has heightened senses, and that's it. He's blind yeah. and has heightened senses. Um, I uh, know. Then the, the next thing is also part of it. Everything else in my life is gone except the lesson I learned from my father: never give up, never. With the yeah. close-up on his eyes to sort of add the intensity. Yeah. I mean, I was focusing on that first panel because I think that mirrors the last page of this. It does. It of the does. seventh issue where the never give up isn't there for that part. But obviously that is a big time hero thing. Never giving up. Getting back up. It's uh, Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse. You always you, get I up. Asked you, I think I asked you this last time we did Born Again, um, but I'll ask you again and see if you have an answer to this. What is Matt Murdock's character? Like I kind of uh, think we've gotten emails weak. about this too, by the way. People have disputed you saying that his character is weak. Uh, yeah. So when we do a mailbag episode ever, uh, we're so far behind in those. Eventually you'll get, I'll get my come up on this. Okay. Um, I do think, and I don't know if it was true necessarily before this, because uh, it's been a long time since I've read the original Frank Miller stuff and I haven't read much else prior to born again. Uh-huh. Like I've read the, the Frank Miller run and then I've read this born again. And then I didn't really read anything until, uh, Carl Kessel did a run and then uh, uh, the Marvel Knights stuff. So there's, a, I have huge, huge gaps, but I've always felt like uh, faith is a big part of Daredevil. Okay. Faith and uh, justice. Like even though he is a lawyer who is sort of kind of doing something illegal, it's important for him that uh, uh, people get held accountable. Okay but also like get their due shot in court. Like, like he doesn't think they should just go right to jail. Like he, uh, he wants people to, you know, fairness, justice. Yeah. Uh, that's always been a big part of him. And maybe that's every hero, 
but it seems more important for a guy who's also a lawyer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, you know, I also haven't read a ton of Daredevil outside of the Frank Miller stuff. Um, but nonetheless, I, it is in my head and whether that's because of my poor reading or flaws in the character, I couldn't tell you Matt Murdock's personality. I could tell you Tony Stark, Peter Parker, uh, Thor, Reed Richards, Batman's personality. It's also tough, but it, it's, it's helped by heightening. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is, you know, revenge, justice, and also fear, right? Like striking fear in the hearts of criminals. So it's like an anger. It yeah, but who's like Bruce a, Wayne? It's like true. Who's the Bruce guy Wayne under the costume. Um, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a ton. It's true. Bruce yeah. Wayne. Has I mean, a I think Daredevil's problem. Daredevil's close to that. I don't think it's way off. Uh, I mean, the problem is a lot of these heroes, when you boil them down to it, become very similar, right? Never giving yeah. up is always stated like, oh man, so cool. This hero never gives up. Who's the hero that quits all the time? <laughs> Whatever one we write. Like who's the hero that gets knocked down and goes, whoop, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of that None story. Of None of them. They, they all have <laughs> these storylines where they get defeated completely and have yeah. to get back up. Uh, like you, I always think, when I think of that, I always think of the thing is the first character I think of, like who never gives up. Though he is also super strong. Yeah. Uh, and it's tough to knock him down. Uh, but I think of like that being like a big part of his personality, but it's also Spider-Man. It's also Daredevil. It's also yeah. Miss Marvel. Captain America. Uh, yeah. They all get back up. Yeah. I could do this all day. Get what you yeah. say, Captain yeah. America. Anyway. Um, and they all want, like want to do the right thing and hold themselves to a higher standard. And, you know, for the most part, other than like Punisher and a few other ones around the fringe, the good heroes, the good guys are very similar. Okay, bottom half of page five. Oh, boy. Um, so Karen Page is reached New York with Paolo, and she wants to kind of part ways with him now. And she's That was the a, deal. That was the deal. Just get me to New York, and then we're done. Uh, and so she's given him a big kiss. Um, so she says goodbye to Paolo with a kiss as final payment. It's the long kind of kiss, the kind she learned making movies for people like Paolo. She's a pro about it. It isn't enough for him. And the drawing is them kissing in Penn Station and everybody else in the crowd is a blue hue, kind of like the background and they're colored. So they sort of pop. Yeah. It's the romantic uh, ending Paolo deserved. Um <laughs> Um, you know, uh, we, 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 we've we've talked before about how the Karen Page character is sort of a, a bummer compared to a lot else of the story. But I think I like what you said. I, I and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you said, I think, in our first issue of Born Again, the problem is there's not a lot of female characters. It might not be so bad to have one character like this if it wasn't the only one. Yeah, she's the only female character in the story, basically. Because um, there is there is something I don't mean to defend it, but I guess I do. There was something exciting uh, what what came to be sort of the bad consequence of the Frank Miller and Alan Moore impact was every comic became like brutal and violent and like full of mm-hmm. drugs and seedy stuff to the point where it was like a trope. But yeah. this initial arrival of these things just kind of like made it exciting, just kind of was like, sort of like we're going places you won't normally go in comics. So yeah, it was- it's hard to imagine any of the characters in the 60s becoming Karen Page. Like it's hard to imagine Betty Brant yeah. getting hooked on heroin. Yeah. Uh, the, or Peter Parker or, you know, Harry Osborne or Speedy, the Red Arrow. And some of these guys would. Um, yeah. This is done in a way that feels real, even though it's, you know, obviously very noirish. Yeah. 
And um, I, I, I also defend her in the sense that like, I mean, there's a lot not to like, but she doesn't just like give up and daredevil comes to save her. She gets to New York. Like she, she makes sacrifices and like uh, she does, she is moving herself forward. I mean, she's moving herself forward to be saved, but the, it isn't completely just damsel in distress. There's a little bit more going on here than that. Uh, Not I guess enough more, but maybe I'm trying to just say that it's two sides of the same coin. That a lot of what makes the rest of the story exciting, this is tied to it. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely could be done better. Would be done better by other writers, but I don't know. In this two issue sequence of which we are five pages into, oh my uh, gosh. There's so much that's ratcheting up, right? Is Daredevil going to recover? Is Karen Page going to get away from Paolo? Is Kingpin going to track down Daredevil? Is Ben Urich going to get his courage back? Is Foggy yeah. Nelson going to uh, uh, realize what's going ball. on? <laughs> uh, like, there's sort of all these things that just sort of clicking, clicking, clicking. It's like, yeah. and it's sort of like all of them need to work out or we're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, page six. <laughs> Now we're, now we're moving. So Kingpin has knocked down all the karate people, and he tells Wesley to locate Nuke. We do not yet know who Nuke is, but Wesley is spooked by this. Yeah. Um, please tell me you're not serious. No one's ever used him in a domestic job. Close up on Kingpin's angry face. I did not invite debate. Um, He's sweating a little bit, so those karate guys did their job. Yeah, he got to work out. Then we cut to Ben Urich at home, and um, his wife is worried about him, and, and, and Ben Urich is just sort of talking to mumbling to himself don't say the name don't even think of the name it's so important that they we don't even think of the name right so now all the pieces are laid out we we're caught up on everybody it's it's very interesting i just you don't think of ben urich being this he's, he seems always so brave and everything but it's really fun to see him sort of really shattered and have to regain his courage yeah which he does for no reason just at a, at a certain point in the story he just gets brave again for no reason but yeah it's, good for him okay yeah so now we cut back to matt murdoch and he's in the um, mission, and we kind of have a parallel sequence to a flashback we had in an earlier issue of Born Again, where he flashes back to when he first got his powers, and he's in the hospital, and he has to kind of like rein in his senses, which at that point are newly heightened. Now he's like trying to, he's healing, and he's trying to figure out where he is, and he kind of broadens his hearing, and then uses his hearing to zoom in so that he realizes he's in a mission when he gets to the church bells. Yeah. And he's surrounded by winos, and it's just like a place, a church that takes in sort of transients to help them, which is a very nice. And one of those transients is Daredevil. And uh, then he he's getting better, so he tries to get out of bed, but the muscles are gone from his legs, maybe because it shows that he's been sleeping for some time. You have to sleep yeah. a while before your leg muscles atrophy, especially a guy who was leaping from rooftop to rooftop last issue. He did get stabbed in the gut by a Turk. Okay, yeah, so maybe that's it. But Maggie, the nun, chides him and says, you got to still heal, get back in bed. So we see that he is healing, he is getting better, and Maggie's taking care of him. Then Karen Page is uh, uh, sitting on the edge of the bed of the hero Apollo's hotel room, (laughs) and she is trying to locate Matt Murdock. Yeah. And she She gets foggy. She finally tracks down Foggy, and uh, uh, Foggy doesn't know where Matt is, sort of explains no one knows where Matt is, but he'll meet up with her is what he says. Yeah, and it's another little Maz, the scene of Paolo lying in the bed and Karen crouched at the end uh, on the phone. It's another Mazzuccelli sort of masterpiece there in terms of the emotion that's communicated. Like yeah. somehow like Paolo with the suspenders just kind of hanging from his waist, slouched over there, just kind of looks like a like a sleeping bear, whiskey and a gun and pills on the on the night table. And then Karen's crouched over the phone. She looks fearful and 
you know, conspiratorial and trying to hide, like so much is communicated in the body language here. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Pilot would fall asleep with his gun just sort of laying there seems like he is not scared of anything. Like she could pick up this gun and kill him and he knows that won't happen. Yeah. It's, it's weirdly confident and scary in a strange way. Uh, uh, okay. So then we get to my favorite page of the issue. Um, truly, which is, it's great. It's great page, which is J Jonah Jameson in a, in a non cartoony moment. Yeah. A rare, a rare good newspaper man moment. Yes. Which will happen sometimes. J Jonah Jameson gets away from the Spider-Man probably caused, you know, global warming, (laughs) um, to like, Good publisher, editor, former editor, JJJ. Uh, so he's chiding Ben for being a coward. And the art is so beautiful and the language is so cool. Yeah, the Daily Bugle hasn't paid its electric bills. So it's just uh, like a little light coming in from sunset through the slatted blinds. Yeah, so Ben and Jay Jenna are just like... Uh, you know, classic film noir style. They look like zebras here. And it's really just Jonah talking. Uh, ben doesn't say anything in this sequence. It's a monologue. Uh, by the way, has the hand. Listen, Yurik, there are things that just, you just don't let happen in this racket. Number one is you never get scared away from a story. Not while you've got the most powerful weapon in the world on your side. And then Jay Jonah brandishes an issue of the bugle and points it at Yurik. This is 5 million readers worth of power. It can depose mayors. It can destroy presidents. And it's been due to get aimed at the kingpin for years now, but it needs you to do it. What a fun panel. Even the panel before that is great, right? Like I've seen this happen plenty of times, Ben. It never fails to make me sick. Reporter gets his blood up for a story, threatens to quit if I don't let him go for it, then suddenly loses all interest. By the way, how's your hand? Like that sort of (laughs) sequence is sort of like, he knows what happened. Yeah. He needs Ben to tell him. Also, it summarizes for the reader what's been happening yeah. with Ben in a little artful way. No, that's it's, been just, it's got that already, fun yes. Frank Miller tough guy um, reporter gets his blood up for a story, threatens to quit. Yeah, and you sort of read this, you're like, well, now Ben's going to snap out of it. But the moment he steps out of the office, there's a janitor mopping the floor who goes, that's a good boy, Yorick. You stay a good boy. You remember the kingpin's watching. You remember you got five more fingers. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, it's fun too. I mean, Ben was at that moment thinking about becoming brave again. That guy's like, we're still watching you. We're always watching you. You can't get away. Uh, we quick cut to Murdoch. He's having a little relapse of his sickness and he, he sees Maggie's gold cross and it reminds us of the gold cross of a woman who visited him in the hospital when he first got his powers. Paolo is beating up Karen, threatening her because she's going to go see foggy. Uh, Uh, yeah. Ben is at the newspaper office and everyone's sort of criticizing him. He's supposed to be writing it. He wants to write puff pieces, but he's not really even focusing on those. And he gets uh, a phone call from the police officer who, who wants ratted to talk. out, uh, who ratted out Matt uh, Murdoch, Matt Murdoch uh, falsely. And he says, I want to confess. Why haven't you called me? I'm ready to confess. Yeah, he's ready to go on the record about the Kingpin. This is the source that could make the story. This sequence is terrifying. This is one of the best sequences in the whole born again stretch and i think especially because it could be so mundane but it is so dramatic and cinematic yeah. uh why don't you tell us so what happens here kev uh so yeah there's two things that are happening we keep cutting back and forth between ben and the daily bugle office where like it's chaos right as everyone is shouting there's all these word balloons saying different things someone's looking for a copy boy there's somebody trying to get a photo job J- uh, uh, robbie robertson sort of standing over ben's shoulder sort of chastising him 
uh, somebody else is mad that Ben hasn't turned in this puff piece he's supposed to be writing. And meanwhile, Ben is uh, on the phone and basically saying, I can't hear you. And this cop is saying, uh, I'm ready to give my story. Ben is trying to push him off. Ben does not want this story. I'm sorry, Lieutenant, I'm busy. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then there's like a silhouette in the doorway. You see the nurse that yes. uh, broke Ben's every hand and, body. And, and broke every bone in the cop's body. Her silhouette uh, very clearly in Ugh, the doorway as terrifying. this guy saying, I wanted to tell you how I helped the kingpin frame Matt Murdock. Uh, Ben's response, I don't know anybody by that name, Lieutenant. Just terrified. Uh, and, and, the, and when we get to the Ben panels, the camera is zooming in on Ben each time. Yeah, uh, the woman enters the uh, the uh, hospital, hospital room. room. Oh, I get it. Oh, no, says the cop. <laughs> um, Ben's lieutenant, and then the nurse picks up the phone. My employer would like you to hear this, Mr. Yurik. Uh, closing on Ben, just listening. Then, like, the silhouette of this guy being choked to death while the phone listens. Uh, and, like, we zoom in on Ben. His face is red as he listens, basically, to this guy die. And then the nurse says, I thank you for listening, Mr. Yurik. And uh, the language, uh, it's so good, the cutting back and forth. And even the, little, the, the, the Daily Bugle sequence, each character there has a little personality, right? And their yeah. language is sort of coincidentally using a lot of death imagery. Like the person is looking for the copy boy. Is like, copy boy, die or what? While this guy's getting strangled to death. Yeah. Um, uh, Jameson's going to fry my, uh, says Lichtenstein, the guy who's bothering Ben Urich, which I wonder if it's a quiet shout out to Roy Lichtenstein or if it's just a fun name, not even yeah, a fun name, just like know. a specific name. Um, uh, and the, even the photographer who's getting yelled at for not having good pictures because Peter Parker's not there um, is like the, the clothes he has. He's got like a black turtleneck kind of shirt and he's a goatee like I don't know. There's there's personality put on a lot of these people. Yeah, it's really um, cool. Also, the, the fact that it's every other panel has been at every other panel is the hospital keeps the tension ratcheting, ratcheting up from all these sort of quick cuts because this is a long sequence for this book. But because it's kind of going back and forth, it just feels rapid fire. It feels fast and chaotic. This guy dies. It feels like so quickly in the middle of chaos. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Lichtenstein, who was yelling at Yurik to finish the puff piece and is and needs it for uh, the issue, he, he is exclaiming about his lack, you know, how he doesn't have the story. Two minutes, I am dead, I am cold, I am buried. So the bugle has all these people around Ben shouting, dead, 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 copy boy, die or what? Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, it's so, it's so great. It doesn't have to be this good, and it is so good. Yeah. Uh, right, we cut we back to two? Matt, who is... We're now wearing the cross that uh, Maggie the had. nun had, um, and he and he now is confirming that it's the same cross he felt as a child when he was first in the hospital room. Yeah, so this, a mystery is being unfolded there. Then we cut to Foggy and Karen in a diner. Foggy is telling Karen, "You look good, real good," but we can see from his face that he's lying. Yeah, but he's. I mean, Foggy's trying to put on a brave face for her and be there for her. Yep. And we cut to the kingpin. Uh, Kingpin is talking about this guy, Nuke, who we're going to meet next issue. Um, he snaps his fingers and gets a little underling. He's uh, Kingpin's at some sort of black tie affair. Yeah. Where he's talking about how he uses his, the spoils of his crime kingdom to keep legitimate businessmen in his pocket by plying yeah. them with money or drugs or who knows what. 
Right. We cut back to Ben, who's just remembering listening to this guy die. Um, um, we hear that Jameson's giving him a card for a psychiatrist, or maybe yeah, it's Robbie. We don't know. I, I think it's, oh, yeah, because he went into Robbie's office. It's probably Robbie. Um, he also talks about how Ben's hands should be healed now. He should doesn't need to wear the cast anymore, but he's not taking it off. We cut back to Foggy and Karen. We cut back to Ben remembering the death. We cut back to uh, Matt breaking this fever. It's like two panels of each. It's very fast and rapid fire. And near the bottom of this page, Foggy asks Karen, Karen, what happened? And his face is different, right? His face is more serious here. Before it was like trying to put on a brave face, trying to encourage her. But now it looks like, hey, let's get down to brass tacks. What's going on here? And I thought you'd never ask, Foggy. Um, and she basically tells him. Uh, and, the, and she needs Matt. She's like, Matt's the only one who can save me from this. And Foggy's like, Matt's disappeared, Karen. A lot has happened. Our law firm went out of business, Matt. Well, Matt's been acting crazy for some time now. Then he was charged with the criminal misconduct. And Karen knows that it's because of what she did. And she starts crying. It's all yeah. my fault. And she's and- basically like, I'm going to go back to this guy. Uh, and Foggy won't let her. Foggy's like, yeah. no, come with me. She's like, you'll be in danger. He's like, you're not. I'm not letting you go back to this guy. Yeah, I won't take no for an answer, Karen. You and me were family, Matt's family. And she cries and she hugs him. And it is sweet. You know, it's sentimental and noirish. And yeah, it's know, an interesting I, final panel where they're hugging because they're not in the diner anymore somehow. They're like surrounded by silhouettes of criminals and drug dealers. And, of like the shady, dark life of Frank Miller's New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For New York, for Frank, that's sort of a upbeat, Upper East Side. Uh, just, that's the <laughs> nice part of New York. Uh, we cut back to Matt, who's healing again, and we hear Maggie praying for Matt. Yeah, she's basically like, take me to hell if it saves Matt Murdoch. We need him. If I am to be punished for past sins, so be it. We don't know what those sins are. If I am to be cast into hell, so be it. But spare him. So many need him. Hear my plea. And Yeah, religion, religion is here. Religion is part of the story. Yeah. And Maggie's uh, past is alluded to. She believes she has sins. Matt keeps th- uh, Ben keeps thinking about what he heard this threat and he takes off his cast and says Matt Murdoch the name he wouldn't even utter throughout the rest of this issue basically like this threat pushed him too far killing someone in front of him he's like no I gotta stop this guy uh, so uh, Ben's courage is coming back uh, meet, we when back when Kingpin was at the black tie affair I forgot to say he when he snapped his fingers for his underling he said uh, I know a doctor who specializes in psychotics and I thought he meant like psychotic drugs, but it turns out he meant actual psychotic serial killers, which we're going to find out soon. Yeah. So the Kingpin's men are at Melvin Potter, who was a former villain, the gladiator turned straight. Who yeah, has none of that matters shot. so much. What we need to know for this story is just that this guy is being threatened to make a costume for the Kingpin. He doesn't want to because he can tell it's for nefarious reasons. Right, right. But yes, he used to be a, a villain. What was the villain's name? The Gladiator, I think. The Gladiator, yeah. Uh, who comes back every once in a while. Actually, he was in the the issue before Born Again. It's a Miller and Mazzuchelli story. Okay. Or a Miller, Denny O'Neill and Mazzuchelli story. And it's about the Gladiator. Uh, he shows up during, I think, like Brubaker's run again. He shows up every once in a while. He's like a criminal who's just trying to go straight. He's trying to not be a criminal anymore. Yeah, he married a social worker who like redeemed him. Uh, but now he, he's a tailor... Uh, uh, makes costumes basically, and they're hiring him to make a special costume. Uh, they want him to make, and this is the the guy who was recapping it earlier. Issues is sort of overly verbose. He's very fun, yes. but he wants uh, this guy to make a Daredevil costume. Uh, 
Yeah. And um, then we end on the big reveal. Matt Murdock seems pretty fully healed now. He's sitting upright in the mission bed. Smiling a little bit. Um, Maggie asks him if he's hungry. He goes, not yet, but I will be thanks to you. And she says, give thanks to the Lord. Um, and, and then Matt he just Murdock- goes, Maggie, are you my mother? And her response is, of course not, child. And um, he says, a heartbeat can tell you a lot. Hers just jumped. She's lying. Um, and there'd been a little, there'd been a little prelude of him listening to the heartbeats of himself and everybody mm-hmm. in there. So a little listening to heartbeats theme on this page. And then, yeah. so this is the reveal. This is Matt's mother. Yep. Came to him in the hospital, talks about her past sins as a nun. I don't, do we ever learn the story of Matt's mom? I, I have not read the story. I, I, I probably, yeah, <laughs> it's another screw it research, uh, extravaganza. <laughs> I don't know, um, but I believe this at least was the introduction of the idea that that's mad. I believe mom. so. Yes. So, uh, let's take a break. Will we finally got through one issue and you're lucky we didn't spend more time on it. <laughs> Honestly. Yes. So Kevin screw it. Comics is sponsored by short box. I want you to tell the people what that is. Shortboxed is an app and a website where people buy and sell graded comic books uh, that they've uploaded photos of and then you know ship them to each other. Sort of like a, a, a very specialized uh, shopping network. I've already talked too much. Uh, no, you're doing great. And uh, what is uh, graded comic books? Graded comic books are when people send their comics to a third party. Mm-hmm. We take these comics and kind of judge the condition of the comic book. Is it is it folded? Is it ripped a little bit is it how faded are the colors and then they kind of seal it in like sort of this hard plastic and send it mm-hmm. back with a grade on it uh between like zero and ten so ten being like oh this comic is in perfect condition it could not possibly be better and one is what did you do to this comic book <laughs> what happened you're here? a monster yeah <laughs> and uh shortbox their app has just been redesigned recently so it's more intuitive and prettier and they have giveaways where you can like enter contest to win Graded comic books, sometimes signed, sometimes pretty old. I enter, I've entered a few and I've won zero. Hint, hint, short box. Let's rig it for your sponsees. Yeah, that there's no controversy there. <laughs> yeah. So uh shortboxed is great. We think you should download the shortboxed app and check it out today. Or tomorrow. One of the two. Okay, we're back. Well, uh issue 231. Is 231 saved. saved. Yeah. So this is uh, issue five of the Born Again saga. Mm-hmm. And I guess at one point you were, this was where the collection ended. Like there's a trade paperback that ended with this issue. Which is insane. Which is insane. It, it, it's not a good ending. It's not. It, you, it would be like Star Wars ending, like when they escaped the Death Star. And, you know, after Ben dies. It'd be like, yeah, well, yeah, I guess yeah. that's sort of the end of a chapter, but like there's, we got to go back and kill the Death Star or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's so much left to go. Yeah. Um, it did. Yeah. It just feels like there's still one more big step to go. And, and whether it's what happens in the story or not, like you, you just don't, the, the seventh issue ends on a final panel. This issue yes. sort of ends on, it's still a in nice the middle moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the cover of this shows Daredevil beating the crap out of Matt Murdock. Which we find out why that's happening, but it also is a nice little metaphor, kind of the internal struggle of our hero. Yeah, um, we're still sort of on this sort of faster pace a little bit, but now it's sort of like we were building up to sort of a, a, the healing of Daredevil. And now we're sort of building up to like the reemergence of Daredevil. 
he's in the gym training. Uh, we're cutting between that and Kingpin, where his underlings are sort of chastising him for like spending so much money and resources on Matt Murdock, a lawyer. Yes. A seemingly uh, random lawyer. So we see one of his underlings challenge him. Um, you know how important worker confidence is, says the underling. We're just asking you to explain, explain why you're spending so much time on Matt Murdock. Kingpin's response, Mr. Switzer, there is a check for the current, this is a check for the current market value of your shares in the conglomerate. Take it or your family dies. You are all dismissed. <laughs> yeah. So for questioning the Kingpin, this lieutenant who's at the inner table of the mafia planning sessions is fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after they all leave, uh, Wesley says, Mr. Switzer has a weekend in Colorado planned. He skis. And Kingpin just responds, compound fracture, both legs. <laughs> They're not killing him, though. That's nice. Yeah, it's, that's respect. Yeah. Then we get to the splash page, and Matt Murdock, who has been punching a heavy bag, knocks it off its chain. Yeah, I could do that. Me too. It's, it's sort of easy. Um, next page, we cut to Ben Urich, who's gotten courage, and he's telling the police about the death of Lieutenant uh, Manilis. Yeah. And uh, what he knows about the kingpin, he's, you know, he's now he's um he's in the fight again. Yeah. He's also thinking about the things he won't tell the police, like about how Matt Murdock is Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. And that is uh, sort of where he recaps Daredevil's powers in this issue. So yeah. Ben Murek thinks to himself, suppose I told them, Matt, that you can tell if someone's lying by the sound of a heartbeat, that you can read a printed page by feeling the impressions of the ink with your fingertips. And while that's happening, we see fingertips brushing across a newspaper reading the story about the cop who got killed last issue. Yeah, cop strangled in a hospital bed. And he also sees that Ben Urich has started a six-part series, The Kingpin of Crime. Yeah, he's taking aim at the Kingpin. He's pointing the 5 million readers of the Daily Bugle at the Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, ben uh, has been assigned a cop to protect him, and he says the cop does not make him feel safe. But we also see in the background, in the shadows, Matt Murdock is watching. Yeah, Matt Murdock's out, healed, and keeping an eye on Ben. Or not, a, I guess he can't keep an eye, keeping a radar sense on Ben. Um, <laughs> then we cut to our nurse. The muscle who killed Lieutenant Manilis um, is talking to a Kingpin underling. And this is, uh, it seems to be our verbose guy. And yes. who's just such funny dialogue. Um, I love him. Basically, the nurse is being relocated to Arizona, probably because she murdered a cop, um, which brings a lot of heat onto the Kingpin organization. And this phrase I really love. Um, so she goes, what pray tell am I to do with myself in Arizona? And the kingpin underling goes, I assure you this displacement is of a temporary nature. Urich's sudden acquisition of guts is cause for an organization-wide concern. The, the phrase yeah. sudden acquisition of guts always yeah. stayed with me. That's it's like displacement a is of a phrase. temporary nature. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I thought, I've honestly thought that many times over the years, like, like I'll be walking along the street and I'll think sudden acquisition of guts. <laughs> uh, she's mad uh, about this. She's like, if Ben Yurk is, if Mr. Yurk is a problem, let me relocate him. She storms out and the guy's like, not to be considered Lois as a per direct command from Lois. So yeah. she's off to mess with Ben Yurik. Um, we cut to Ben um, Yurick. He's in a diner with the cop. It's an empty, abandoned diner because the food is so bad. Matt Murdock's in another booth, again, just sort of keeping tabs on Ben. Yeah, listening in, sort of catching up on what's going on. Uh, Ben's wife is on the phone with him, but she gets off the phone because there's a knock at the door. It's the nurse. Lois, yes. And uh, then ben, we cut to a little bit later, and Ben is arriving home. Uh, he gets in. I don't know why he knocks first. He should have a key to his own house. 
Yeah, it's easier to have somebody else unlock it from the inside. And then um, he opens the door and Lois is inside and starts to beat the crap out of him. The cop bodyguard starts to try to subdue Lois. Ben goes into the bathroom to find his wife hung from a lamp with a necktie. Yeah. But, uh, but alive, like struggling. Yeah. And, and he's and trying he's to like, her. he's trying to hold her up so that she doesn't choke while also like grabbing a, a straight razor. A straight razor. Good thing he shaves it like an old fashioned style. He's in, he knows he's in a noir story though. You got to get straight that straight razor. razor to cut the, the tie to get her Probably down. Probably dips it in a bottle of whiskey before he like, <laughs> before he like shaves himself. Uh, uh, the so cop is taken out life. fast. Yeah. But then um, Matt Murdock steps in, he's been following and he takes out Lois. He's also yes. protecting Ben. So while Ben is saving his wife, the cop is subdued and then Matt Murdock knocks out Lois and then leaves. That's so right. When Ben emerges from the bathroom, he puts it together. Yeah, there's a moment where he's getting terrified again, right in my own home. Because, you know, his wife was almost killed. I get it. Sure. He's no Paolo. He can't he's, protect his own wife. He's no uh, hero like Paolo. <laughs> um, but then he comes out, sees what happens, and he goes, it sinks in. Matt, you're alive. And then he gets a phone call from Melvin Potter. Uh, and Melvin Potter doesn't know what to do. He's been asked to make this Daredevil costume. He knows it's for the kingpin. He knows it's for something nefarious. He doesn't want to do it. He would be in it. trouble if he doesn't do it. Betsy, his wife, who he adores, might be in trouble. Uh, but Ben doesn't have time to help him. Ben's too scattered. His wife just is almost killed. He doesn't know what to tell this guy. Ben's not in a good place either. Luckily, Matt Murdock overhears this conversation and races across the rooftops to go visit Melvin. We do a quick cutaway to the Kingpin, who is touring an insane asylum as a doctor mm -hmm. demonstrates for him a psychotic and a straitjacket that Kingpin's going to use for something. Yeah. Goes for knives mostly, but I'm sure he could be talked into using a club. It's nice I that they can offer up a nice array of insane people. Uh, so, so, so crazy. I love it. Uh, then, uh, Melvin is talking to Betsy and, uh, uh, Daredevil. I'm sorry. Matt Murdock is eavesdropping on Melvin in his costume shop. And here's that Melvin talking to his wife saying, I don't know what to do about this costume. Is it Matt his Murdoch wife or his sister? Um, we, it's Betsy. It's clear. his wife. Okay. And then, um, Murdock, uh, descends into the, costume shop and in the silhouette in the shadow says make the costume no one will be hurt and that soothes melvin and he smiles good to hear your voice daredevil yeah uh cut um, to the home of foggy nelson karen page is going through heroin withdrawal and throwing up in a toilet yeah great stuff for a marvel comic book of 1986 <laughs> yeah, yeah. or whatever i just finished reading uh, uh power pack let's see what's going on in the daredevil <laughs> comic <laughs> Oh, Power Pack didn't finish their homework on time. <laughs> All right, let's see what's over here. Oh, Spider-Man beat the hypno-hustler. Uh, Karen anyway. Page is going through heroin withdrawal. Um, but she looks out the window and sees Paolo spying on her. He has, follow he has found her. Yep, and she's terrified. Um, Foggy and, just uh, wants to call the police. That guy that beat you up, where? He said he'd kill me if I ran at him, and I did. He's crazy. He'll kill us both. The devil he will. I'm calling the police. Foggy's kind of from the 50s, you know? Yeah. Um, I like that Foggy is always a good guy. Like, he's not. Yes. He's not scared. He's also yeah, not he, stupid, right? Yeah. Call the, he's not going to run out there like an insane hero. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the verbose uh, criminal is suiting up. Uh, the psychotic. The, the psychotic in a daredevil costume. Uh, Murdoch is riding on top of a car to arrive at the no, home. No, he's of... riding on top of the car with the psychotic in it. Okay, so he hears what's going on. He's learning about the the, the plan. 
Um, um, meanwhile, the cops show up because Foggy has called the cops. And Paolo, Paolo sees the cops. Not afraid. Not a guy like Paolo. And he has a very heroic thing. He murders a policeman. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. So he loses a little bit of his shine in these these next few pages. But he is crazy. Like he doesn't run away from the. He's how much is he in he, love with Karen Page or how crazy? He's like, hey, dude, get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. He's you taking don't need to on be in the New York Police Department alone. <laughs> yeah. You're a drug pusher from Mexico, right? Like you're not, you're. Uh, yeah. But he he shoots a cop. Um, which also shoots. just reestablishes how dangerous and crazy Paolo is. He shoots, shoots out the, the window, window. Yeah. Where Foggy and Karen are. Um, Kingpin knows all this is happening. He's sort of listening and he's like, I think this is sort of working out like I want it to. Yeah. He's like, kill Paige and Nelson if they emerge. He wants Daredevil to kill Nelson and Paige so that Matt goes even crazier knowing that like Daredevil did this. It's sort of his plan. He doesn't know that Daredevil's sort of better. Right. He thinks this will be good psychological manipulation to have an insane person in a daredevil costume murder foggy nelson and karen page uh the psychotic daredevil kills or at least beats the crap out of the verbose think he's dead criminal certainly seems like it uh yeah it's very funny how it happens like uh the the verbose guy's last words are move swiftly make an appearance at the window don't forget the escape route elsewise you will be apprehended which will blow the plan in its entireness apartment 5b say it back so i know you are not without ears and the psychopath goes 5b while clocking the dude in the jaw and then beats him maybe to death with the billy club going 5b 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 and it is terrifying that it's 5b with a little period like yeah. he's calmly saying it as he murders this man or beats him yeah he's not screaming it yeah, i just i just remember being quite chilled by that when i first read it uh, and karen and knocks out foggy nelson because she's going to go turn herself over to paolo, paolo basically, to save hoping foggy. that'll save foggy um foggy i could go to paolo and he won't kill foggy do that much right uh, meanwhile the daredevil psychopath the, the psychopath dressed up as daredevil is trying to get into the roof door to go down to apartment 5b but waiting for him on the other side is matt murdoch who starts to beat the crap out of him hero style he punches through the door like it's like something you'd expect paolo to do it's so powerful and amazing <laughs> uh, he kicks through the door and knocks this dare, fake daredevil down it's great yeah Maybe if I, and Karen Page is thinking, maybe if I talk to Paolo, be nice, he'll just slap me around. Maybe he'll even fix me up. He's always carrying crazy junkie. He'll kill you. Think of Foggy. Um, Kingpin is, you know, being briefed in all this and he's sort of <laughs> thinking about it. Pity to lose Nelson. Oh, I only recently arranged to have him hired. Small sacrifice to draw Murdoch out of hiding to finally know where he is. Yeah. Uh, the criminals start shooting Paolo. Yeah, the Kingpin uh, people who are trying trying to, rein in this situation that's spiraling out of control they shoot paulo but paulo grabs karen who's now arrived at him and starts shooting back he, matt he murdoch takes a bullet for her he's takes a <laughs> yeah interesting way to look at that sequence but yes he gets <laughs> shot while uh, trying to drag karen page away uh, matt murdoch um subdues the psychopath on the roof then he says karen um and we just get a really I mean, I don't know. There's no other way to say it. Fun action sequence of all these things converging. Yeah. The, the kingpin henchpins closing in on Paolo. Uh, Karen grabbing the needle out of Paolo's trench coat to shoot up yeah. one more time because her character's not low enough. Yeah. Um, Paolo's like, I'm going to kill you. I'll take you with me, Karen Page. What you, good hero move, right? He's going to kill 
Karen Page to take her with him as he's dying. Yeah, that's nice. You don't want her to die. You don't want her to leave her. She's, you know, helpless. But Matt Murdock up on the roof somehow kicks, he, an, he icicle kicks an icicle off an Eve that hits his arm, disarming him, then throws the billy club that disarms one of the kingpin men. Karen looks up and sees who it is. She drops the needle and embraces Matt. Uh, She's found him uh, after all this time. Yeah. And she also, I mean, all of this was also, she was like turning herself over to Paula because she's like, Foggy, I'm going to lose. This is over. Matt's dead. So I'm giving up. I'm going to give up and save Foggy and uh, take my just deserves. I'll probably get killed. Yeah. Um, This is what I deserve. But now that Matt's back, she has faith again. Um, Uh, Then we cut to like a Ben Urich exposition page that kind of says what happened, which is like the cops are dead. Uh, from Paolo, the psychopath is unconscious and naked, which means the costume was stolen, probably by Matt, we assume. Mm-hmm. Um, Paolo I, think the, is alive. I think the verbose cop criminal lived. Okay. Because they say Michael Camp, a three-time loser, was apprehended. Okay, he lives. Um, and then Paolo lives, our hero. And then um, <laughs> Ben Urich is not scared off. I'm going to find out where Matt Murdock is and what he has become, and that's how the issue ends. The two criminals... Uh, uh, and uh, and uh, the two cops are dead. The two kingpin henchmen and the two cops, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's the end of the issue, Kevin. It's not as good a cliffhanger as we've had in previous issues. That's but, true, yes. But we're still, we're the story's rolling so heavy here. That- Which I guess does make it more of an ending than any of the previous four issues. Like, none of those other four issues could be an ending at all. We're kind of in normal comic book type of thing where you're just, there's always certain adventures. There's generally speaking yeah. certain adventures that are continuing to get you to buy the next issue. It's That's not, right. it's not as like powerful as I have shown him that a man without hope is a man without fear or there is no corpse. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's the end of this five issues. Um, we're going to go into a two parter with nuke after this, which sort of wraps everything up and the Avengers show up. Uh, yeah. Sort of the, the Avengers of this era. So it's like Iron Man and his silver, Armor, King, Captain America and Thor. It's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Kevin, I can't wait. And I, you know what? I'm glad we spent a long time on this. We've been jumping around to Moon Knight and Mailbag and X-Men. And uh, we needed to we needed to go deep on this, I think. Yeah. I mean, the people sorry needed for, this. Sorry for going so quickly through that first issue, listeners. <laughs> uh, sometimes we just, you know, we got we to gotta get through this in a reasonable time. So we sort of just zipped through the, at least those first five pages. We took. Not enough time. We really should have delved we really, deeper. We really skirted over a lot of stuff. Uh, um, these so are it, great. It was really fun to reread these last night, and I'm looking forward to rereading the last two again before we record the next episode. And we're going to do that next next. Uh, yeah, episode, that'll be next right? week. So next week we're going to finish up. So our new thing, we talked about this last week on the Moon Knight episode very briefly, is I think what we're going to start doing, especially for these shorter seasons, we're not going to jump do them in so their much. entirety. Yeah. And then do the mailbag episodes. If it's a longer season, if it's like 10 episodes or so, we might take a couple mailbag episodes in the middle or something. We're going to try to not jump around so much. We realize we've gotten insane. Like we're yeah. doing a mailbag and then a moon night and then a board again and then whatever. It's like, it's too, too, too much. Especially if you're like going back, if you're reading, the, if you're listening to these episodes, not while we're doing them. Yeah. It might and just be easier to like have them in like little mini seasons of here's a mailbag season where we're covering a bunch right. of X-Men and also entering mail. Here we're covering Daredevil and not answering mail. We're like five years into this podcast. We're eventually going to figure out how to do it. 
We've almost <laughs> two more years. Give us two more years and we'll have a <laughs> format. And we're sort of, it's also for the sake of our feed, right? It'd be nice if, if yeah. you could have looked back and just seen our born again apps all in a row instead of what it will be, which is spread out over three months. I mean, it's nothing's as crazy as our Batman year one, which was like, <laughs> we did one. <laughs> and then like, it was like a year, three later, months later, we did, two, we did three, three other issues. Yeah. So, um, um, those we'll still be been organized, but a little bit less so. So email yeah, us. I don't know. We're, we're trying. People have written in, they, they agree that that is a better format. It's, it seems nobody is arguing for us to keep doing every other week. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you have any opinions on that or anything. But do mail us. We will get to mail on Daredevil. We just won't answer it for till after the season's over. So email us at Kev, uh, not Kev Hines. That's, uh, <laughs> that's who I am. Screw it comics at gmail.com. Screw it comics at Gmail. We also have a Twitter screw it comics and an Instagram screw it comics. Please uh, chime in on any of these mediums to give us your opinions. Please read born again and tell us what you think of it. And as always, if you hate it or dislike it, be curious to hear that we won't get mad at you. Um, we will not do the comic book fan thing of chiding people who disagree with this. I'd be interested. I, I mean, I think these stories are so exciting that I'd, I'd be curious to hear how somebody might not like it truly. And if you do love it, we'd love to hear that too. Um, Right, Kim? That's right. Okay. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Screw it. Screw it. We're just comics. Hi, I'm Michael McMillan. I'm 6'1", and I'm based in Los Angeles. Ever wonder what life is like for the working Hollywood actor? Every week on Slate Your Name, I sit down with actors, creators, and performers to find out how they're coping with the highs and lows of the entertainment industry. Here, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's Rachel Bloom talk about struggling with auditioning. I think they just weren't good auditions. The feedback from both was like, I was very green and not good. How Tom Everett Scott booked That Thing You Do with Tom Hanks. Here I am going to meet the guy who I basically am like modeling my whole career after. And, and I'm just like riddled with nerves. It's, it's one of those moments where you're just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sabotage myself. How Rutherford Falls has Janice Schmeeding broke into the comedy world. One way I was able to sort of do that is by sort of giving comedy this space in my life that was just a hobby. And more. Join me every Tuesday for Slate Your Name from Campfire Media and available wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.